Hello and welcome to Haunted Hometowns, your weekly true crime paranormal podcast with me, Blake Lambert Hack. This season, I am covering cases from Edinburgh, the ghosts that wander the city, murder, etc. <laughs> but today, I am joined by an incredible guest, an actor and fellow podcaster, Ariel Mandelberg. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Now that I'm here with you. Look at us. I just woke up from a nap. So you're ready. I'm, I, yeah, I'm ready. The energy is (laughs) there. Restored. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So when I have guests on, I always ask a couple questions. Are you ready? Uh Uh-huh. How would you describe a ghost? How would I describe a ghost? I think a ghost is, the, the idea that energy is not, created neither created or destroyed isn't that a thing that's like a sciencey thing yeah so i think for me it's that when someone leaves their body when they die mm-hmm. the energy goes somewhere okay and that to me could be a ghost or maybe it goes into maybe someone's reincarnated and it goes into another body okay i don't i don't know yeah and i i want to believe in ghosts i don't know that i do okay but uh, that would be my kind of guess. Okay. My second question is, do you believe in ghosts? So <sighs> I want you... to so bad. You know that I love a horror movie. Yeah. And I, I don't have any... I, I have never had an experience with a ghost, but I've always wanted to. Yeah. I told you New, New Year's Eve, I was like begging and <laughs> there were no ghosts in sight, at least that Damn I knew it. of. Yeah. Um, so I want to believe in ghosts. Gotcha. Yeah. What is your understanding of Edinburgh as a city? Um, I, I know that it's a, a very old city in Scotland. Um, I have I have friends that live in Scotland, but they do don't, you? I think they live in. I think they might live in Edinburgh. I haven't talked to them in a long time. Have you visited? No, I really want to go. I me too. Have you been to UK at all? I went to London when I was like 12 with my family. Gotcha. Yeah, but we didn't go to Scotland. Damn. I really want to go though, and I've always, always been obsessed with the Loch Ness Monster. Oh my God, yes. So I know that's not in Edinburgh, but... No, but still, it's not too far. Yeah. I would love to go, and then like Glasgow is not far at all. Like it's like an hour drive. Easy. The two largest cities in Scotland. Let's go. We'll take a little... Oh. Trip. Yes. I've never been out of the United States, so I would love to go oh anywhere, God. honestly. Blake. I don't count Canada or no. Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. I mean, it's an American colony. Exactly, so, so I don't count it's, it. It's but America. Nothing yeah. like the United States, but... No. Um, but we own it. <laughs> just like so many other colonized places. Uh, but that's a conversation for another day. That is a conversation for another day. <laughs> Okay, so tonight's episode is all about an extremely haunted pub oh. in Edinburgh. The pub's name is White Hart Inn, H-A-R-T. Have you 
what do you okay so i've been to a haunted pub before okay in new orleans oh and it was very creepy it was called the blacksmith shop bar Okay. And I was taking a haunted tour of New Orleans, of course. You and must. they're like, here, have a drink in this bar, and then we'll continue our trip. Because it was, like, pouring out by the time we got there. Like, thunderstorms. It was insane. And mm-hmm. at the pub, they're like, you can stay here drinking, or we can finish the rest of the trip. Whatever you want. Uh, we finished the trip. But that bar was old as fuck, and it was, like, one of the longest operating pubs if not the longest operating pub in america wow like it was went through prohibition went through all of it and you could feel some Mm. crazy shit in there like you could just tell what do you feel i mean what do you feel in a place like that um the best i've never described it like this but the best way i feel is like it's crowded even if there aren't many people in there Mm. does that make sense yeah like the energy is yeah it's just like there's a lot going on in here, even yeah. if it's just people making drinks and yeah. talking. I get that. I guess I never put that together with ghosts. But again, for me, I think it is like the energy. I yeah. can feel the energy of history almost. Right. Like I went to uh, Israel in May for the first time. Oh, nice. And I went to the Western Wall, which has so much. Oh, yeah history and when I was there I mean I felt like my grandfather I felt like my ancestors yeah that was a whole other thing but uh I guess maybe that's ghosts possibly maybe maybe or it's all in our heads and that's fine too but (laughs) (laughs) it felt important (laughs) it is important (laughs) absolutely important we're gonna start on the evening of Sunday April 2nd 1916 okay at seven o'clock the city of edinburgh received notice that two zeppelins german airships were headed for the town of rosith just west of edinburgh the police instituted air raid precautions stating that the electric light department like all the electric lights had to be shut down so the department lowered or cut all the lights in the city all traffic on the roads came to a halt. Vehicle lights had to be turned off. The fire station and Red Cross were notified. And all first responders were put on alert. The city was on alert for over four hours, pitch black. People sought shelter in basements and cellars of homes nearby churches. The first of 24 bombs were dropped upon northern Edinburgh just before midnight by Zeppelin L-14, while the second Zeppelin L-22 approached the city from the south side. We're in World War One. Yeah. People oh my God. <laughs> this is scary to me. <laughs> okay. We're starting off with a bang. Um, because Edinburgh sits on the North Sea, several of the bombs fell along the shore but missed the city. But one of the first bombs to make contact destroyed a warehouse, lighting up the entire city. Soon after, St. Thomas's minister's house was struck, but the minister was conducting a service in a different church, so he survived. Another fell on a side railway track, unfortunately killing a child nearby. Mm. L-14 turned inland toward downtown Edinburgh, dropping a bomb in more populated parts of the city. Fortunately, one lands in an empty patch of lamb, blowing out windows in nearby streets, 
but not injuring anyone. However, it did leave a hole measuring 10 feet by 6 feet. So that's how Jeez. these bombs are, you know. An airship, I mean a giant blimp. Right. Like the Hindenburg style. Yes, that's what I'm airship. picturing. Yeah. They were getting closer and closer to Edinburgh Castle, which is the heart of Edinburgh. Dr. John McLaurin was living at 39 Larston Place with his family when a bomb fell on the roof of their house just south of the castle. The bomb exploded, blowing the roof off and falling through all four stories of the building until it hit the stone in the cellar floor. The glass was shattered, but the steel 100-pound bomb missed the school that resided in the building. A school for children with skin disease. I just thought that was a fun fact. Yeah. Somehow no one in the building was injured, but L-22 hit the grounds of George Watson College. There, it was, the college was struck, doing some damage to the surrounding buildings and a park nearby called the Meadows. It also dropped a bomb outside a tenement where six people were taking refuge. The bomb landed just out front, killing all six people. And at the same time, a tenement on St. Leonard's Hill was hit, injuring two and also killing another child, unfortunately. Two of the 24 bombs were duds and didn't explode, one of which fell through several floors of an apartment building, destroying each floor's lobby. One bomb hit the rock of the Edinburgh Castle, and another fell through another tenement, where a woman on one of the top floors was able to pour water down the hole to put out the fire. Oh, good, good job. We love her. We love this woman. Because <laughs> these bobs were, some were, um, someone would explode, leaving that hole. Others were there just to set fire to places. So it was different kinds of bomb being wow. dropped in Edinburgh. Mm. And last but not least, a bomb was dropped within the grass market right in front of White Hart Inn killing someone inside and causing a significant amount of damage to White Hart and County Hotel. This is the first time Edinburgh saw an air raid, but it wouldn't be the last. And the entire bombing, the first one, lasted 35 minutes. Oh my That's god. It. So, that was in 1916, but this inn has been around for a very long time. Okay. So it didn't destroy the inn at all. It just, you know, windows were shattered. Mm-hmm. It's a, a populated area because it's old town of Edinburgh, which is the downtown area of Edinburgh. Okay. Um. So yeah, there are many British inns called White Hart because the white stag was the personal badge of Richard II. Mm. However, the one in Edinburgh is, is named White Hart based on the 1128 story of Scottish King David I, who came upon a white stag while hunting. And people listening, if you want to hear that story, go to the last episode. I talk about it. But mm. um, yeah, he came face to face with a white stag. And ever since then, it's been on the shields. People use it for everything. I would do that too. <laughs> <laughs> it would become my life, my symbol. Your symbol? Mm-hmm. I always say, like, if I'm picking an animal for, like, my symbol it's always like a black panther and i don't know why but it's always been like the animal i go to that or a tiger okay you feel akin to like a large cat 
yeah, but I hate domestic cats. So <laughs> it's a weird. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I love a large cat too. And I, I, I don't want a, a, a domestic cat. So no. I feel you. Thank you. That's so I appreciate that. I'm going to look at you differently now. <laughs> see if you're moving in a different way. Stalking. Yeah, stalking your prey. <laughs> okay, so the... So just to touch base on that attack, I, it's hard for us, I feel, to really understand war like that because the United States hasn't really experienced something like that. Yeah. Um, I did find out, though, as of yesterday, that Japanese soldiers actually set foot on United States soil during World War II. In Pearl Harbor? No, in Alaska. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I mean, it makes sense, yeah. but I just, like... It's not something I ever knew happened. You know, we were always taught, like, yeah, they attacked Pearl Harbor, but, like, the United States is a stronghold. No one's ever... Set foot. Right. No war besides the Revolutionary War. Since the Revolutionary War, no one's ever attacked the United States like that. Yeah. That's not true. That's insane. I did not know that. I was just talking about that the other day, how we don't know what war is actually like. No, exactly. There are people that every day are in danger of a bomb falling on their house. It's insane. I just, I feel like I have such a, a sensitive nervous system and then I think about those people and I'm yeah. like, okay, Ariel, you can just chill for a minute. But that's so true. The the biggest thing that's happened on U.S. soil has been Pearl Harbor and that was isolated oh, yeah. in Absolutely. the ocean. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's really scary. It is. And even like uh, like the Civil War and stuff that happened here, it's isolated to the south a lot as well so a lot of northern states and western states no idea and it was so long ago (laughs) yeah we don't care anymore just kidding we (laughs) do care we still care well but also i don't know a ton about the civil war but were there a lot of like um casualties of random people i feel like it was soldiers killing soldiers for the most part I would probably say for the most part, but I'm sure there were plenty of... Because they'd end up... Civilians? Yeah, because I think people would end up fighting on civilians' property Mm. or like taking refuge at civilians' property and then they'd get involved and it was like a whole... Yeah. Should they have been murdered? No. Yes, (laughs) that's true. That's a whole other... (laughs) That's for another day. Another season. Another season, exactly. Okay, so... The earliest written records of the White Hart Inn dates back to 1516, Mm. meaning the inn is over 500 years old, and I believe has always been an inn, uh, making it one of the oldest pubs in Edinburgh. The inn and pub have seen more, or some famous patrons over the years, one being poet and lyricist Robert Burns. He is known as the National Poet of Scotland. Okay. Now we know. And he wrote a fond kiss for a married <laughs> poet named Agnes Maclehos. Were they married? No, she was married to somebody else. And he oh, wrote it for her. Excuse Scandalous. me. Scandalous. <laughs> okay, Robert. <laughs> he wrote it in 1791. All right. He's, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> If you're in love with another man's wife, wife, you can't be, you can't have written records of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do they say? Like, oh, Dorinda Medley says, uh, write it. No, I don't remember. She says, <laughs> she says, say it something, 
Write it, regret it. So just remember the mm. last part. Write it, regret it. Yes. I mean, it's true, though. No written record. You can't have record rec- no, written no. records. No, no, no. <laughs> I wonder if she loved him. You know what? I think she probably did. Oh. <laughs> After that poem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> A fond kiss. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Another famed poet, William Wordsworth, spent the night with his sister Dorothy in 1803 in White Hart Inn. Spent the night or spent the night? <laughs> I hope not with a sister. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good name, though. Wordsworth. Wordsworth. <laughs> Very British. Mm-hmm. But good for a writer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I like Robert Burns, too. Burns. Mm-hmm. Burns is a good Is last it B-U-R-N-S? Name. Yeah. Okay, I was picturing B-Y. No, Burns. yeah. Burns. Robert Burns for that married woman. Mmm. <laughs> yeah. ASMR. <laughs> Originally, the inn was providing accommodation and refreshments for the do- drovers bringing their cattle to Grass Market to be sold because it was prime real estate in Grass Market. It was also a perfect place to meet up with friends and family to watch the public executions. Love that. Yeah. Wholesome. At- oh, it's a great family <laughs> outing. <laughs> oh, God. That makes me sweaty. <laughs> So, Grass Market was Edinburgh's main market, as I was saying, since 1477, named after the livestock grazing in their own pens. Grass. It also became the traditional place for public executions in 1660. Rooms in the upper stories of White Hart Inn would be rented to those who wanted a better view of the hangings. Nice. Spectators would... It's like not funny, but it's also like so ridiculous that it's like. Well, I just think it's like tabloids of today. It's like tabloid culture, except yes, 100%. right outside your window. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That says so much about the people that stayed there, too. Oh, yeah, you know? exactly. It's like a very I mean, clear picture. I know like everyone did it. Everyone was like, let's go watch hangings. But yeah. like, there's got to be people who were not about it. Or just like, mm. I would hope. I I don't know. I can't judge. I wasn't alive then, but it also feels similar to like the gladiatorial fights. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like watching. It's true. People. I mean, each other. people still. I mean, we don't really have the death penalty much in the United States any longer. But there were people who did that and yeah. would be like, a lot of people were forced to be there. <laughs> but there were some people that were like, I'm gonna go watch an injection. It's like, yeah. I, I was watching some kind of documentary and this guy was an executor. Like he would do the injecting or turn on the electric chair or whatever. Yeah. And he was like thrilled about it. And it was almost like psychopath behavior. Yeah. But I was kind of okay with it because he's like not killing random people on the street. But he's uh-huh. like. That's very curious. It was odd. And then he would like do paintings about it. It was strange. Okay. All right. He had a creative outlet. I don't know. It makes you think like what? I don't know. I guess it's controlled. I, I don't know. I, I right. don't want to. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to argue isn't, in my head about this. Yeah. I don't know. think there's like a right or wrong. It just is and it happened. It's and his it's, job. It's yeah. It's his job. I, that changes people. Like It has to. Seem like, like watching public executions. It changes it you. It changes 
So spectators would pay for a pie, probably a meat pie, mm. ale, and room for a relatively cheap price. From 1661 to 1668, over 100 covenanters were put to death during a time that would later be called the Killing Times. What's a covenanter? So they were supporters of the Presbyterian Church. And at the time, England and... Catholic, right? Yeah, very Catholic. So it was like a no-go. You were not allowed to do that. Especially because they were really going against the king and the church. And it was like, not okay. So they were put to death. Religious persecution. Right. So fun. Right. Okay. I do talk more about that a couple episodes ago about... um, Greyfriars Kirkyard, uh, the cemetery, because a lot of them were imprisoned in this cemetery in like an outdoor structure. So they had to like go through crazy weather and not much food, and it was like not good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So if you want more ghosts, you can go visit I'm that little yard. And... I'm going to go listen. Come join <laughs> me. Here we go. We'll visit when we visit Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So yeah, over 100 of them were put to death in the grass market where you could watch them die i guess catholics were thrilled about it i don't know oh god yeah some other infamous public executions were of maggie dixon captain john porteous and james andrew we're gonna get into all three of them Mm. so maggie dixon was born in 1702 in musselburgh a town just east of Edinburgh. She eventually married a fisherman. No one really knows what happened to him. Mm, But two of the more agreed upon stories in that, uh, in his uh, life was that he was forced to enter the Royal Navy or he joined a fishing fleet. And either way, he disappears from her life. He's gone. So uh, yeah, we don't know if he died. Okay. Or he ran with off the and military a new life. or yeah ran off and created a new life or his ship flipped while he was fishing nobody knows the kraken it was the kraken it kraken. was the loch ness mo- monster it was the loch ness monster <laughs> just somehow find its way through an underground cavern yeah. to the ocean right that makes sense to me yeah probably <laughs> but yeah either way she was a widow <laughs> So in 1723, to make money, Maggie begins working in an inn. She strikes up a relationship with the innkeeper's son and becomes pregnant out of wedlock. Go, girl. She knew she couldn't let anyone know she was pregnant and kept it a secret until she gave birth prematurely. Because she kept the baby a secret, no one knows if the baby was stillborn or if they died shortly after birth. But... She decided the best way to deal with her child's death was to leave them on the bank of the river. And some say that she, like her goal was to like send the baby down the river, very like uh, Prince of Egypt. Yes, thank you. Yeah, but she didn't have it in her, so she just kind of mm. you know mourned for them at the river. But soon after she did that, the baby was found and traced back to Maggie. And so she was accused of killing the child. Oh, God. On top of everything. Just trauma. Bad. Yeah. She was arrested under the Concealment of Birth Act, 
which states that you cannot dispose of a baby's body without informing authorities. Oh my goodness. She may have also been charged with murder for deliberately causing the death of her child. Right. Both charges end in death. So regardless, she was found guilty. And in what I'm sure was a very brutal trial to sit through, I can't imagine Mm -mm. people accusing you of something like that and being like, I just want to mourn. Yeah. Um... She was sentenced to be hanged in the grass market outside the White Hart Inn. And on September 2nd, 1724, Maggie was hanged and her family and friends placed her in a coffin to be taken out of Edinburgh to be buried. Which was odd because most people that were executed uh, in Edinburgh were handed over to medical students because only criminals could be dissected for like teaching medical mm. students how to yeah uh, do surgeries yeah so usually criminals were handed over to the universities and they'd be like here they're a criminal we're not burying them do what you want oh my god but somehow her family had pull <clears throat> and was like no we're taking her back home we're gonna bury her thank god right Absolutely. this woman poor Maggie God that's A very, very sad and rough life. Yes. On their way out of town, uh, she's in a coffin on the back of some, like, you know, rickety old cart. Okay. (laughs) Um, The family heard a strange noise coming from the coffin. So when they checked on it and opened it, they saw that Maggie was very much alive. No. She survived her hanging. (gasps) Unfortunately, she was dragged back to court. No! Are you fucking kidding me? Why wouldn't they just keep driving? Just keep driving. Yeah. Oh my god, this is so bad. Yeah, I think it's like the authorities or someone attached to the authorities was driving the vehicle. (sighs) And her family was just there. And was like, no, you gotta go. You didn't die. You gotta go back to. They should have just been like, Maggie, shut up. <laughs> exactly. Very quiet. We're gonna bury you, quote unquote. Exactly. And then we're gonna get you out. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm pissed. As you should be. <laughs> okay. What happens next? <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, she was dragged back to court in Edinburgh. While there, the courts. We're not sure exactly what the situation was, but there was a lot of arguing going on. And the courts either found that her surviving was an act of God. Yes. Or there was, and or, there was double jeopardy in play. Oh my God. So she couldn't be tried again because she was already tried and found guilty. Okay. So either way, Maggie was set free to live her life. (laughs) And she lived another 50 years. And she's now known as Half Hang It Maggie because she survived her hanging. Hell yes! Oh my god! Is that way wild? to bury the lead? <laughs> I'm like, this is bullshit. Stop recording! Oh my god! Go Maggie! Is that crazy though? I like Half Hang It Maggie. So like, some people believe that like she bribed 
the hangman. Oh. And that's how she survived. Okay. Either way, good for her. Right. Okay. Or, or she... Or the noose wasn't wrapped in a correct place, so there was a different kind of hanging. Because there's like... I talked about this in a previous season, but there's... Throughout history, there's different ways of hanging, and so it's like morbid but there's one where it's like drops really fast and it like snaps your neck and right. stuff so it's like not you strangling to death right so it's, it's quick, not as quicker. right it's more quote-unquote humane. humane sure um so yeah they may have just like and then certain nooses are for different for different people uh the length of the rope is for different heights of people because depending on you know uh-huh all of that so maybe that had to, some kind of play in it and that's why she survived but either way oh she lived her life. Oh my god, a silver lining. <laughs> I wonder what she did. Do you know what she did with the rest of her life? I don't. Unfortunately, I don't blame her for just like peacing out and no. be like, I'm going to live a quiet life on the countryside. Oh my god, I hope that she took up with a sailor on the coast yes. and just lived. Yes. Oh. Everyone, leave me the fuck alone. I went through Forever. it. Yeah, exactly. I survived a hanging. 100%. And was tried for killing my... Oh my God. Yeah. Her husband, the whole thing. Go Maggie. We love you. Yeah, a widow. And then, unfortunately, you know, death of her child. And then hanged. It's <laughs> not like, funny, but it's It's not, but it's up. just wild. It's like absurd. It's absurd. That's why it's... That's why I'm laughing. It's because the absurdity of, of it all. Me laughing on this podcast is just to cope with all the crazy <laughs> shit that I read and stuff. So it's just a, it just helps yes. to balance it out. But she lived, so we're happy. Happy ending. Yes. Um, we're going to get in this next story that, you know, we'll see. But <laughs> happy okay. ending for Maggie. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Foreshadowing. So the next guy that... Uh, more infamous was Captain John Porteous, who was born in 1695 and grew to become a Scottish soldier and in 1726 became the captain of the Edinburgh City Guard. He was known as overbearing and despised by the lower class of Edinburgh. Great. It makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh, hating police isn't new, so... <laughs> Dates all the way back to the 1700s. Yes. <laughs> in 1736, three convicted smugglers were condemned to death in Grassmarket. Because I guess back then you just were condemned to death no matter what crime you did. You smuggled. Yeah. Okay. William Hall had his sentence. He was one of the three. He had his sentence uh, commuted to transportation for life, which means he was excommunicated. So somehow he was able to either he hired a great lawyer or he knew people, but he was able to just like leave Scotland and they left him alone. A few days before the executions, George Robertson, one of the other three, escaped to Netherlands with the help of the third man, Andrew Wilson. Mm -hmm. So two of them got away. Okay. On April 14th, Andrew Wilson was brought to grass market and hanged. So he basically sacrificed his life to get his friend out of Scotland wow. and free. Okay. It's like sad, but it's also like, that's friendship. Yeah. That's love. Well, I was wondering how he got his friend out, but he stayed. I guess he... Yeah. 
There was yeah. some kind of like a tussle, I would say. And Andrew like put himself between the guards and his friend and his friend was able to escape. Oh. And then he like went to the Netherlands to live his life. Okay. But yeah, unfortunately, Andrew was hanged and died. But a sailor watching the execution cut down Wilson's body without permission. So I'm assuming he was just dead hanging there for a period of time. And everyone was like, okay, can we like yeah. get him down? He's died. Porteus, because he was cut down too early or without permission, Porteus, the city guard, pulled out his pistol and shot the sailor. However, the guns back then were shit. Nice. And the bullet missed the sailor. Okay. Killing someone else instead that was standing nearby. The crowd watching the hanging became enraged and began to riot. Nice. Porteus ordered the guards to fire above the crowd to scare them to stop the riot. But even though they didn't fire into the crowd... They fired into the nearby windows of the houses. Oh, come on. Right? (laughs) It's like, yeah, okay, fire above the riot, but you're in a very populated, dense city. Like, you're obviously gonna... Yeah. Right. So it injured people in windows that were watching the hangings and inns and houses nearby. Do better. Do better. The riot got worse, of course, and the guards were instructed to fire into the crowd, Uh. killing five more people. Porteus, the hangman, and the city guards sought refuge in a nearby building when the entirety of the city guard was called upon for help. Once they arrived, they shot into the rioters again, killing six more people, but it did ultimately end the riot. Porteus was arrested that afternoon and charged with murder. Okay. Right. Accountability. Yeah. The jury unanimously found him guilty of personally firing into the crowd and he was sentenced to death. Okay. Justice. Justice. We never get justice. That surprised me. This podcast, we never get justice. We don't. <laughs> so oh, this I'm is glad like that I'm here for it. Two justices in a row. <laughs> yeah, That's it feels wild. good. It feels really it good. It feels nice. Police killing unarmed people. Yeah. Justice. Let's put yes. <laughs> Let's put you on trial. Yes. Cool. Before he was hanged in Grass Market, higher up officials got involved, and his execution was deferred. He was still imprisoned, but the moment the public got word of his reprievement, a mob of 4,000 people marched to the prison, overpowered the guards, and dragged Porteus to Grass Market. The mob hanged him, but he wasn't dying, so they pulled him down, stripped him naked, wrapped his clothes around his head... And prepared to hang him again. Wow. However, he was able to wiggle his hands free and began to run. But he was no match for the 4,000 people. That's a lot of people. They beat him so badly, they broke his arm and shoulder, as well as setting his foot on fire. (laughs) 
and then he was hanged again where he died. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm sorry. Wow. No, you're trying to, you're coping. I'm That's... coping. I'm, I'm feeling nervous. Exactly. Oh, no. I mean, not oh, no, but wow, that's hardcore. It's hardcore. They were not playing around. No, I mean, like, look, I don't condemn, or I don't condone, condone thank you, um, violence like that. Yeah. But justice. They were like, you gotta die. Yeah, I mean, if you're... If politics are going to be involved with this, fuck them. We're going to take things into our own hands. You know, that's the only reason why we have vigilante. You know, if he actually went to trial and the entire jury was like, yeah, he's guilty. He needs to be either behind bars or put to death at this time or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then it needs to follow through. You can't be higher off and be like, "Mm, no. Yeah. I I like him. I have more say than like the jury of your peers. Exactly. It's bullshit. Yeah. So I don't necessarily blame the people being upset or right. wanting to take things pissed. into their own hands. Yeah. That's hardcore though. Setting lit- his foot on fire. <laughs> that part. Yeah. It's that part. I'm yeah. like, how do you specifically, I mean, I, uh, are, are we flammable? I don't, I mean, <laughs> am I flammable? I just um, think of, uh, <clears throat> the beauty and the beast, uh, mob scene with Gaston yeah and they all have their like pitchforks and uh yeah flames right to get the beast right I'm sure he like they stripped him naked but maybe he had his socks still on or something like that okay and they were just like all right I'm just really focused on the mechanics of setting skin on fire right maybe I'm thinking too much about that I think it's easy okay but um I've never done it so I'm not sure people do burn I don't I'm going to... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to think about this for too long. Um, well, Porteous, R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. The third person I mentioned was James Andrew. He was the last person hanged at Grass Market in 1784. And there wasn't anything like special about why he was hanged. It was something stupid. I don't even remember. But in 1937... <laughs> A memorial was built near where the gibbet once stood. So if when we visit Edinburgh, mm-hmm. there's like a slightly raised platform in the downtown area where you can, that's where the hangings were. And is it, does it say his name because he was the last? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Can I also mention that everyone has really boring names? Okay, so. What's his name? James Andrew? Yes. Okay, you're going to, Okay. <laughs> I feel like I get in trouble for this all the time oh, because I make fun of British people's names all the time. <laughs> and I do feel bad because not everybody has a boring name, but <laughs> I mean, Porteous is not a boring name. No, but it's like a lot of the times I'll have to do research and there's five Georges. Yeah. And I'm like, then how am I supposed to tell <laughs> these people listening right. the differences between these Georges when... There isn't really, you There's know. There's no difference. Right. It's you like, are the same. <laughs> there was one men. episode where there was like three Georges and two Marys. And I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to like too much. I just wonder, uh, was, mm, I mean, now it's such a thing that everyone has like these wild and crazy names. Right. My name is kind of crazy, but I, I don't know. Isn't it a thing of like you... Which James? Which James Andrew are you? Right. I. It's hard to do research like that because there are a million James Andrews. 
But also hard to like live during that time and be like, hey, <laughs> yeah. have you seen James? And they're like, which one? The James at the pub? Yes. The James down at the <laughs> dockyard? The James, like. It's that Spider Man meme where they're all pointing at each other. Yes. Maybe... Da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which one? It's yeah. all James, yeah. Just like that. Well, James Andrew could be any James Andrew. That's true. But I guess he is the last one. He's that James Andrew. He's that one. Yeah. <laughs> so there's also Burke and Hare. Um, Burke and Hare are two partnered serial killers that mm. operated in Edinburgh. I'm not going to get into them on this episode just because it's a lot of information to talk about. But they would often find victims in the White Hart Inn. They would push alcohol down their throats and then lure them back to their house off Tanner's clothes. And they didn't do this every time, but every so often there would be, um, they would just find the most convenient bar mm-hmm. and be like, let's drink alcohol and then get them drunk and then take advantage. Tale as old as time. Right. Most of the time they would find their 16, they had 16 victims that we know of out and about in Edinburgh, just like randomly. Um, but yeah, it was just a week in their guard so they could gain power over them, right. unfortunately. Yeah. But that is just a small sampling of what the White Heart Inn has seen, has experienced over the years. Again, it's like a 500-year-old bar, so yeah. it's seen a lot. Uh, it's a bar and an inn, so if you add all like the typical shit you see at a bar and a hotel, mm. plus what I just mentioned, it's like a lot of stuff built on top of each other. Yeah. Because I always say like every hotel you've ever stayed in has seen death. Whether it's Mm. someone dying of a heart attack or old age or they're murdered or and same with bars. It's like so many people have, you know. Died at bars? Well, it's like alcoholics that die from alcohol poisoning or a lot of people are taken advantage at bars, unfortunately, yeah. or drugged. I mean, it's definitely like a, a cr- can be like a crime hub. Absolutely. And I just mean like bars that have been open forever like this. Yeah. There's no way yeah, nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's been the, <laughs> like, right. the, it's just, you know, things have happened. Yeah. <sighs> Especially when lawless times back in the 1700s. Yeah. We know by the stories that you've told that it was kind of lawless. But... And then the bombings and the wars outside, like, it's just been through a lot yeah a lot of drama so with that you get a lot of hauntings so we're gonna take a quick break before we get into those we'll be right back You're ready for hauntings, ghosts. Ready, ready. There are a couple resident ghosts at the White Hart Inn. The only original part of the inn from the, you know, 500 years ago Mm -hmm. is the cellar. Uh, The top has been remodeled, redone. The only original, original part is the cellar. But what you can visit today was built in the 1700s. So it's still old as fuck 
Yeah, that's pretty old. Yeah. Resident ghost number one. Sally Beggs. She's about 5'4". Long, light brown hair. Or some say dirty blonde. So it's hard to tell. I was going to say, are you describing me? (laughs) But my hair is dark brown. Anyway, I'm Um, 5'4". She was found dead in the street just outside the inn. She's usually seen wandering the main bar area of the inn. There's also a man that stands at the top of the stairs leading from the main bar to the inn. Uh, he's always seen wearing a tricorn hat. What the hell is that? Like the... Oh, the yeah. little triangle with the... Right. Like a pioneer hat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you like, go to your bed and there's just a man standing at the top of the stairs with that hat and then he disappears. Got it. That's how you know that it's the ghost. Exactly. Not just a weird man in a hat standing. <laughs> Although you never know. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. There's another man that the inn calls Jack. He's seen in the cellar of the inn. He's disfigured with bad-looking scars, like noticeable, like intense-looking scars. People say he looks to be around 45 to 50 years old and wears a cloak over his shoulders. Cool. That's menacing. A cloak over your shoulders. Yeah, I love that for him. I don't like that. I just pictured the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, menacing. That's, yeah. that's... But also kind of hot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Does he sing? <laughs> you know what? That would make it less menacing. That's what he needs to the do. <laughs> there is also a detached pair of legs, often seen in the cellar. Walking around? No, just like laying there. <laughs> Though it'd be comical if they were walking around. That's what I'm picturing. Uh, sometimes there will be like a full figure scene where the legs... So sometimes there will be like a full body just laying there. Uh-huh. The legs are still detached, but sometimes you'll see the full body. Other times it's just the legs. All right. There's some people the- see them laying down. Some people will see them standing up. So sometimes the legs will be just standing, standing. there. <gasps> that would be... Creepy. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So another common sighting is of a girl in a red dress, often in the bar area. And there has been, there is a photo, more like a modern photo of, there's, she was taking a picture of her husband sitting at the table and the bar is behind him. And there's just like this slight, like almost like glint of like a red looking figure mm. like a dress type mm-hmm. and people think that's the girl in the red dress wow. that's caught on camera but i want to find that picture i think i have it i'll show okay. you in a little bit okay. but staff has witnessed a shadow walk down the stairs from the bar to the cellar and they'll think it's a customer or somebody going down there that's not supposed to be there. So employees will follow the shadow to like tell them to, hey, this is for staff only. And when they get down there, the shadow's completely gone. And there's no one in the cellar. Wow. Completely empty. While staff are in the walk-ins in the cellar, in the fridges, the, uh, the door will violently slam shut behind them. Oh, God. And like, you know, door slamming shut could be the wind Uh another person slamming it but like in the cellar 
And it's a heavy door because it's a fridge door. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It does. It's hard to explain things like that. Yeah. Like, where is there a window down there? Right. Yeah. Barrels have been moved around in the cellar, and taps for beer will often be shut off, making staff have to go to the cellar, turn them back on. Sometimes staff will have to go up and down a couple times to get the get them to stay turned on. Oh, wow. So they'll go down, turn them on, go back up, still not working, have to go back down. They're off again. They'll have to turn them back on, go upstairs. They're off again. They'll have to go downstairs, turn it's them like on. It's like a pesky little... Annoying-ass ghost. guy. Yeah. <laughs> In the similar vein, like, gas cylinders are often detached, so they'll have to, like, reattach the gas cylinders. Loud banging comes from the cellar. It'll start off slow with only one bang on the wall and it'll escalate and then it'll be like consistent banging. Wow. Until you like open the walk in and then it stops. So it's in the fridge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Plates and glasses will periodically fall off shelves at different intervals. So you'll get like one plate fall off. Yeah, you know, sometimes in restaurants, as you and I both work, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it was put too close to the edge, right. or someone knocked into it, or something. But like, they'll fall off, and then like a few seconds later, another one will fall off, mm. and then like weird intervals like that. Got it. Plates and condiment jars have also been thrown at staff. <laughs> Duck. <laughs> the mustard's coming for your head. it's i it's violent and i don't need anybody throwing anything at me no 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 but but i mean has it ever hurt someone i'm i'm sure they've gotten a cut or something you know okay i don't know why that's (laughs) just like a disembodied hand throwing a thing of ketchup at you it's like i'm pissed Get the fuck out of my bar. <laughs> there goes the mayonnaise. I'd be annoyed because I have to clean that up then. And... I mean, of course, the aftermath is not good, <laughs> but the actual idea is really funny. Imagining arguing with a ghost or stuff like, <laughs> like that. Can you please stop? We need to have a conversation about this. I need clear communication with you. This is my boundary. <laughs> like, I just want to go home. It's the end of the night. <laughs> Can I please just clean up? Also, cups will fall off like the coffee machine quite frequently. Mm. So, you know, we keep our mugs on the coffee machine. Those just being tossed off. Wow. An inconvenience to say the least. Yeah. Visitors often feel like they're being touched. Others have had their hair pulled and they'll be tapped on the shoulder as if someone's going to ask you something and then they turn around and there's nobody there. Wow. Which I think would like freak me out. Mm. I don't like a lot of it doesn't freak me out, but I think if like there's physical touch. Yeah, it felt like something. Right, especially behind you where it's like, yeah, and there's no one there. I'm trying to like emotionally experience that right now. (laughs) Yeah, that would be very strange. I also think the disembodied legs thing would be very strange to see, but yeah, the the touching. Well, imagine just sitting in your apartment here by yourself and feeling somebody touch your shoulder. Because I'm sure you watch TV with the lights off. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody just touches your shoulder. Yeah. That'd be terrifying. I get scared that there's going to be someone under the bed. Yeah? That's going to like grab my ankle. Has that always been a fear? Like as a kid? Like monsters um, under the bed? 
Yeah, I don't know that it was ever really monsters, but it was definitely like some something. Was it from a horror movie you watched or something like that? I'm just curious where that like yeah. fear would come um, from. There was that Disney movie, Don't Look Under the Bed. I love that right? movie. Right? That was That's a good such one. Such a good classic. I think just like not knowing what's under there because it's covered. You know, it's not like I can, I look under there yeah. regularly. <laughs> yeah. But I also get scared of like an actual human being just deciding that they're going to find a way into my apartment. That's and just fair. Getting under the covers. Yeah, absolutely. But also, didn't you tell me? No, someone told me this um, ghost story of like a a girl's alone at her house and she's with her dog and there's been an escape from the asylum and then she's petting her dog and the dog licks her hand but apparently the whole time it was like the escaped guy from the asylum licking her hand and it was like under the bed um what the fuck anyway that's a horror story (laughs) (laughs) i think it's just like not being able to see yeah for sure yeah i mean like i grew up so my grandparents or my grandma specifically used to buy us like porcelain dolls that looked like us oh no and so i have i think i have like four of them but when we first moved into my parents place uh my brother and i were in a bunk bed because the second like the third bedroom was still being like redone Mm -hmm. um and i slept on the top bunk and i could like eye level with all the dolls that were on top of the bookshelves and at night i was like this ain't it this is (laughs) Usually they're like really cute and they're fine and they're whatever, but like at night, menacing. You're like, no, little Blakes. No. Not, please don't look at me. There's one really cute one though with like blonde hair, like looks like me, but in a light blue, almost like a Cookie Monster blue, uh-huh. like a onesie oh. with like a little giraffe on it. Oh. And he's like, has a toilet paper roll in his on in his hand or on his finger because i guess like i was known for like unraveling toilet paper rolls oh so there was a very specific doll that looked wow. like me with the toilet paper like being that with. was speci- specifically made for yeah you. i guess it had to be <laughs> it's like but yeah little things like that i was menacing i hated that yeah Not and then fun. they just turn around slowly so they're like oh, i won't look at you blake and you're like don't do that either don't move on your own but yeah i can't do dolls like dolls are like not my i can't so many people can't well like also my mom worked with a woman who lived in like an old victorian style home she was obsessed with dolls mm. so you walk into her place hundreds of dolls in her house there would be like one on a swing that was attached to the ceiling it was just in the corner of the room uh. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like ones in like glass cabinets or whatever for display. They were like out and about. They were in the like room. involved in the home. And her house was haunted as fuck. So of course like, it was. Right. And I'm sure that they found lovely homes inside of the dolls <laughs> every single night. Yeah. Do you see that? Uh, do you remember that movie? Uh, was it small? Like the toys that come to life? Not Toy Story, but like Small Soldier or something like that. Yeah, or the the there was that one, and there was a, oh toy yeah toy soldier was it toy soldier I think it was toy soldier yeah. yeah where like all those Barbies came to life and they started attacking the one kid yes love it although I did for Christmas once ask for like tiny people that I were like alive and that I could play with um I didn't want them to attack me but I wanted to like keep them in a little home and talk to them and um. I never got them. I'm still pissed. 
<laughs> you wanted like living. I wanted like living. Yeah, I wanted like because I would watch movies like that as a child and be like, yeah, I want them. That seems fun. Like they have, have personality and they walk up? and talk. Yes, <laughs> I did. Okay, so I was like, you. If you didn't have pets, I'd be like, okay, just get her a hamster or something. <laughs> like. I got, we had dogs, we had cats, and I got tadpoles for Christmas. That was my favorite Christmas gift wow. of all. But Did they grow into frogs? Some of them started to grow legs, but I would forget about them. No, but they never do. I've never known really? one tadpole to ever. The closest I got was it grew four legs and was almost a frog, but it still had like a little bit of a tail, yeah. and then it died. Ugh. They, it happened all the time. Okay, I don't feel as bad. No, it, like I don't think they ever really cracked. <laughs> it's a hoax. <laughs> Tadpoles are not actually frogs. Frogs Tad- just come out whole. They do not evolve into frogs. No. I don't know what to tell you. You heard it here first. <laughs> they may in Pokemon, but they do not in real life. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, so we'll, sad. we'll get back to the ghosts. <laughs> okay. A couple tangents later, it's fine. <laughs> So yeah, cups, glasses, other things being falling off, um, visitors being touched, hair being pulled. Annoying. Do you want your yeah. hair pulled? No. No, it's rude. Wires have been pulled from the music system, so the music just won't play or it'll like cut out, mm. and they'll have to like plug it back in. Uh, doors slam all over the inn, not just in the cellar. People will um, feel like waves of cold. Which is a common thing for ghosts. Like, people will be like, I'm freezing. There mm. must be a ghost here. But it's, like, noticeably different cold. It's not like you just walk into a house and it's like, I'm cold. It's like, I'm warm. And then all of a sudden, there's a cold spot and then it disappears. Interesting. Yeah. And there, I guess there's one ghost in particular that smells really bad. Oh, no. Like, has bad B.O. Oh. And the staff is like, oh, here he is again. <laughs> like, Sorry, that everyone. that guy. <laughs> Uh, and then always a classic phantom footsteps, which is my favorite. Like, when you hear, like you hear, yeah, footsteps. you hear footsteps and no one's there. Wow, it's such a good one. I love that. So one staff member, this is a f- story straight from a staff member's mouth, was counting money at the end of her shift when she saw a man come in. She waved and said hello, but when they didn't respond, she looked up from counting to find an empty bar. Wow. There was another woman in the stall of the bathroom when she saw someone walk by the stall. But when she opened the stall door, no one was in the bathroom. Mm. Which I think is terrifying. Yeah. Because, you know, you know where the entrance of the bathroom is, you know. And if you see someone walk in and pass, but not the other way to yeah. go back. That empty bathroom. Yeah. Um, and then always the feeling of being watched. Which, another classic, which I love. Mm-hmm. I lived in my first apartment ever in Chicago. It was like really long hallway. And when you had the lights off to watch TV, it was dark at the end of the hallway. I mm. always, not always, there were a few times where I would be like, I'm being watched right now. This is weird. Wow. It was bizarre. Like the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Yeah, I was constantly like looking over my shoulder type wow. deal. And it wasn't every time. It was just every so often I'd be like, I this is bizarre, but wow. love that. Love that. Love hearing footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Not scary at all. No. Would you visit or spend the night? I I would. I definitely would visit. Yeah. Um. Would I spend the night? I would definitely want to take a look at the accommodation, <laughs> see if it's comfortable <laughs> enough for me. 
I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I wouldn't be opposed. I like scary stuff. See, that's like, I would spend the night. I have no issue spending the night. I think that'd be fine. Uh, I always think back, though, to like the ghost tour I was talking about in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. They were telling a story that like one of the hotels used to be uh, where they, it didn't used to be a hospital, but they held Civil War um, people who needed to be taken care of because they were injured or whatever. Mm -hmm. They kept them in this hotel during the Civil War. Mm -hmm. And so people will have sleep paralysis which is like i'm terrified of yeah that seems horrifying and they'll like see a soldier or somebody standing at the foot of their bed and i'm like nope that's i can't if i have sleep paralysis i'm not doing it have you ever had that no i is a huge fear of mine yeah like i my biggest fear um besides um dying and not achieved anything (laughs) would be uh, (laughs) um being uh not able to move my body yeah. So I don't want to say claustrophobia because I don't necessarily mind small spaces, but mm-hmm. it's whenever I can't move. So yeah. when I'm like pinned down by someone, I have a hard time. I like have a panic attack or like it's so small that I can't move. Yeah. I freak out. So sleep paralysis would really, it wouldn't be seeing something that would be freak out. It's the fact that I can't move or get out of the situation. Yes. I feel that. Sometimes when I, I, I am historically like a very wiggly person before I go to sleep like okay. I'm the princess in the pea I need to find the exact right position if like <laughs> something is folded mildly underneath me yeah. I have to like make it unfold right. right away and trying to get out of that of like how can I just fall the fuck asleep <laughs> right I will try to meditate sometimes and just think like well what if I couldn't move from this position like what oh, if no. this was it and like that's horrifying to you and it is scary to me but I think there's a part of it of like how can I breathe my way through this or like if I was in that position okay. that you're talking about yeah. where I'm like stuck and I can't move yeah how would I be able to like breathe through it yeah and sometimes I'm like, okay, well, let me just put something to listen to on because I can't fall asleep anyway. Yeah. But um, no, that's a real thing. That's a real thing. So you would stay there. You would definitely <laughs> visit. Oh, yes. I would love to visit. Would you work in a haunted restaurant? Um, I... Like if you were working there and then something happened to you and you found out it was haunted, would you stay? Oh. I... <sighs> It's hard to say because I feel like I have never experienced right. ghosts before, so I don't know how I would act. But if I liked the job, I would say. <laughs> Fair. The thing is, like, if I knew that, like, hearing about this place and yeah. how they throw ketchup bottles <laughs> at your head and, like, throw shit off the top of the espresso machine, I am I want to stay away from the drama. I'm not trying to, like, That's sign true. up for that. <laughs> like, just because it's haunted. Yeah, I would say, like, most of the time, this place is different because it's seen so much over the years but like most of the time when it's a haunted place it's like it doesn't happen every day it's Mm. like once you'll see something once or you'll experience something once every few months or something like that Mm -hmm. this shit where it seems like it's you know all the time once at least once a week (laughs) a lot them joking around with you (laughs) exactly be like i need a raise because this is too much (laughs) who's gonna clean this ketchup up it's not gonna be me i'm not gonna be that ghost (laughs) ghost is not gonna clean this yeah but i think that if i worked at a place and something happened if it wasn't like threatening fair yeah yeah then i'd be like okay well yeah i think i'm fine let's keep going 
if I liked it there. That's true. Yeah, you do hear like those ghosts that are like, get the fuck out. And it's like, if you're yelling at me, like... Excuse me, I do not take that from anyone, especially you, Exactly. Ghost. Yeah, if it was something, like, menacing or I felt, like, unsafe, then right. I definitely would not stay. Gotcha. Yeah. Smart. Thank you. <laughs> so if you're in a horror movie and you are in a house and you have no money and you're like, hey, look, this ghost is going to kill us. We got to get... Well, I'd rather be homeless than live in this shit. We got to find a different house. But yes. if the ghost is, like, just pesky and silly that's fair and i love my i want to live in a in a house that looks like it could be haunted like that's kind of my goal yeah um like an old gorgeous victorian Mm -hmm. and so if it was yeah and they were nice like yeah like casper situation like that beautiful house and you just have yes a cute little ghost yeah that's fine i'll allow it you are a wendy like you are like wendy is that the girl in casper Oh, yeah. I think that I'd be like, hey, ghost. That's what I was trying to do at the McKittrick Hotel on mm. New Year's Eve. Yeah. I was like, come on, ghost. Show yourself. Let's <laughs> hang out. Yeah, you went to a 1920s. Mm-hmm. I loved the look. It was so fun. The look? The look. I said that my name was Renee. Mm. Renee McKittrick. Mm. <laughs> Heiress to the fortune. <laughs> and then I would walk in and tell everyone that. And be like, you haven't heard of me? My name is Renee McKittrick. Um, it was really fun and I felt like I looked like a bitch and I'm not, I'm like not and definitely don't normally look like a bitch. So I really rode that wave. Great. I felt really in character. Acting. Acting. Actor. An actor. Yeah. Wonderful. Renee. Well, this is the first episode of 2023. So things are happening. It's all happening. 2023. A new year. Oh. Are you excited? I, um... Yeah, I mean, I am. I'm just excited to wake up another day. I don't know. Twenty twenty. That's great. I don't know. Like the year ending and and the year ending and starting a new year doesn't mean a ton to me. Me either. I yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not really one for resolutions. I feel like every day is a new chance to Wonderful. do something. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 2023 is going to be great because you have a new podcast coming out. I do. What is it called? It's called Wouldn't We Like to Know. Wouldn't We Like to Know. Yeah. What, wouldn't We Like to Know. Wouldn't we? Yep. And it's my friend Linda and I, and we talk about all of the things that we don't know about. We ask people questions. We're going to have guests on our podcast um, bi-weekly that are doing cool things that we want to know about. Great. And then we're going to have our own discussions every other week, just the two of us around topics like friendship and moving through fear and how to navigate changing careers, things that we're still trying to figure out. I love that. Yeah. When is the first episode... We are going to have four episodes available on January 10th. January 10th. Yeah. Wow, that's coming up. This will be released Friday. So mm. what's today's date? I don't even know. I don't know. The third or something the like thir- that? In a week. In a week. Yeah, it's crazy. Woo! Just got chills. Well, everyone, make sure you're subscribed following because... When this comes out on Friday, it'll be three days. So mm-hmm. make sure you're subscribed so it just plops down an easy click play. Plops you know, down. Play. How else do you say that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just plops down, down on your phone. I don't know. <laughs> 
word instead of downloading. <laughs> I love Plop it. it down. <laughs> yeah, I just plopped down the newest song. I love it. It's great. I got to get home and plop down the episode. It sounds like <laughs> you're going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, like when a new episode comes out, it just automatically shows up on your phone. You get notifications for it. Yes. It doesn't automatically download, but you automatically get the notification and it's added to your library. Yes. It just pops, pops down. down. Just pops down. <laughs> Makes sense. I love that. Well... Mm. <laughs> Thank you for joining me this week. <laughs> Thank you for joining me in my home on the floor. <laughs> this was so fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You now have a city to visit and you know at least one place to visit when you go to Edinburgh. Yes. The White Heart Inn? Yeah. There I go. You know it. H-A-R-T. Make, make my uh, reservation, my booking. Yeah, we'll stay there too. A little bed and breakfast. I will. I think that's what... I'm sure they feed us. <laughs> Well, I hope they Bar- feed us a pie. Wouldn't they feed you a pie and a pint of ale? They should. And like, you know, they used to do that. So they should at least keep it up. Well, if a they nice don't, little I'll, meat pie. I'll leave them a bad review. Mm. Yep. Yelp is our only friend. <laughs> you all can follow Haunted Hometowns on social media for photos, upcoming news, and guest info like Ariel's. Mm-hmm. And I will definitely post your podcast if you can't remember the name of it. Wouldn't y'all like to know? Wouldn't y'all like to know? <laughs> that is not the name, by the way. Wouldn't we like to know? So um, thanks for confusing everyone. <laughs> um, if you'd like your paranormal experience read on the podcast, email them to hauntedhometownspodcast at gmail.com or DM the socials. Could be anything from a school of fish spelling out your death date to choking on a noodle alone in your house and receiving a Heimlich to save your life. Let me know. Uh, I will meet you all back here in a week for another Edinburgh haunting because everyone loves a ghost story. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> the music is by Tyer. Follow him on Instagram at Queer Pop Star and follow his music anywhere you stream your music the artwork is by pepe munoz follow him on instagram at p.e.p.e.munoz m-u-n-o-z got my information from wikipedia tales of old edinburgh haunted edinburgh whitehall mall ghost club scotsman edinburgh news undiscovered scotland bbc national records of scotland and my macabre road trip again check out ariel's instagram and social media and her upcoming podcast wouldn't we like to know that comes out on monday <laughs>